0: Hi, I'm Nick Gill, International Strength and Conditioning Coach. I've been working with the All Blacks for the past 15 years and have been part of two successful Rugby World Cups. I love to coach rugby players, and I love to see them succeed on and off the field. And now, I can be part of your rugby journey. Rugby Ready is my way of sharing my knowledge and experience with the greater rugby community through our online coaching platforms, our training programs, and our educational resources.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by Perform. Perform gives you the blueprint for success. Your monthly membership unlocks unlimited access to all of our in-season, off-season, and preseason training program tracks, as well as educational resources, so you can train to be the best. All you have to do is show up and put in the work. Go to www.rugbyready.ca/perform and use the code RR20 to save 20% off your first month of training. Welcome to the Rugby Ready podcast. In this week's episode, we're breaking down the do's and don'ts of warming up. It's been a hot minute since we've been on a pod, and lots has been going on in the background. I'm a new dad, and Gilly's just crushed an Ironman. Uh, you were a bit cryptic on your Instagram post, so how'd the Ironman go, Gilly? You didn't really, uh,
0: you didn't really say. Yeah. Um, uh, g'day, mate. How are you, Tyler? No, mate, the Ironman um, the was tough. It was probably the toughest, um, toughest race I've done, um, I suppose maybe 15, 16K into the marathon, I was ready to pull pins and up sticks and get out of there. She was a terrible day and just didn't feel it and um, was cramping up everywhere. And yeah, she's a bit of a grind, but a couple of mates, one in particular, told me I wasn't allowed to quit. So that, you know, in in a few different words, he used a few different words, um, which made me sort of, um, I suppose, just, focus in on the here and now and get through get through to the end so um that was tough um happy to get to the end but yeah not 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 satisfied with the result so maybe next time
1: did you finish uh did you finish in third in your age group
0: yeah third old boy yeah third old boy so um yeah that's that was the only silver lining to the to the day really was i still did okay for an old bugger so happy as
1: (laughs) oh that's awesome man and for those who don't know what an Ironman is, look it up. It's pretty crazy. So let's jump into warming up now. I know I'm probably sure you've seen this a lot. Athletes tend to skip through warmups or they, you know, they just want to hit the weights right off the bat. So how do you communicate the benefits of warming up with them? So they actually buy in and do it.
0: I think the, um, the most important thing for for anyone to realise is that um, you know if you're going to do any task, whether that's lifting weights or gee, even even like d- digging a drain or a fence post to put it, you know to build a fence, anything that your body needs to do, you sort of need an element of lead in time to prepare it for the task. And so, um, and that's for two reasons. The main reason is so you can perform the task really well, and obviously the second reason is that when you're performing it well, you don't hurt yourself. And I suppose an example would be um, those of you who squat, you know, imagine not warming up and just putting 200 kilos on the bar. Um, the first thing that's going to happen is you're not going to be able to move it. And the second thing you're going to do is hurt yourself. So if we think about warming up as a, as a performance tool to get the best out of our body and whatever the task is we're trying to do, I think, I think there's no need to persuade or convince anyone. Um, it's going to make you be better
1: was a really good explanation. So when it comes to the differences then, because obviously there's going to be like a big difference between warming up prior to a speed session versus a gym session versus a heavy contact session or a game. What, how, how would you structure those warm ups differently for those scenarios?
0: Okay. So, um, I, I suppose if we go back to what I said at the start, um, we wanted to warm up for the task. Okay. And so, okay. If the task requires maximal effort and maximal velocity running, for example, then we need to get the body um, ready to do that by progressing to that intensity over a period of time. Um, if we're wanting to lift heavy weights, well, we need to we need to make sure that the the movements we're wanting to lift heavy loads through um, uh, are primed to move well, and the load is progressed to that heavy weight. And so, so really, every warm up is task specific, um, but also intensity specific. Uh, you know, if we're going to maximal effort or we're going to sub maximal effort, then the, the the type of the warm up type of warm up required is very different. And the other thing that I think is really important that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, the warm up for me is also a, a part of the recovery process. You know, if if you've done a really hard session or a hard day on Monday. Um, then chances are the warm-up on Tuesday is actually about, I suppose, finishing off the recovery process from that hard day. You know, so that when you're feeling tired, you're feeling a bit sore, then the warm-up takes on another sort of purpose, which is to recover from the previous day. And and I think that's where you might have a little bit more time at that lower intensity or a little bit more time on, on mobility of key joints or activation of key muscles. Um, so it's really about... Warm ups being specific for purpose or task, um, effort in that task, and also consideration of what happened the day before.
1: So, on the note then of of stiffness or soreness from the day prior, would you recommend then that the athlete say they did do an intensive speed session on a Monday? They're going to the gym on a Tuesday, and they have squats programs, some heavy squats, and they're sore. Should that athlete be foam rolling their quads should they be uh stretching their calves like what could they do in their warm-up specifically for mobility to help them prepare to perform
0: so first thing is um if you've had a hard day of training or a hard session then your recovery should be you know after that session or that evening or that day um depending on your time commitment and what the task is but if we talk about um a heavy squat day and trying to recover from that. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do if you've lifted really, really well. Um, to a degree, you've got to suck up the soreness a little bit, but um, I suppose making sure that, one, you're fueled well with good protein to help with the, the protein synthesis and the, the I suppose, the anabolic um, effect of that of that heavy lifting. Um, the second thing, will be making sure those joints or muscles Um, that you typically stiffen up in or lose range of motion in are kept, you know, a little bit supple. So, for example, if you had a heavy squat day Monday Monday night, you you probably want to be making sure you're stretching your glutes um, or your hips, um, your hip flexors, your quads, your hamstrings, um, your knees and ankles, you know. So so all that stiffness that comes about from a heavy load on your back through the hips, um, you're trying to make sure that it's it's not getting worse overnight for your running session the next day. And then all that happens the next day in your warm-up is you might just take a bit longer to get going. You might take another five minutes of low intensity movement um, to get, I suppose, a bit of waste, a bit of blood of waste getting removed, a bit of blood flowing. Um, and then spend some time again on those same, same joints or same areas that that tend to give you stiffness. Everyone's different too. So you sort of got to feel and feel what what's happening in your body and and sort of make sure you give some time to those spots that feel like they need it
1: when it comes to mistakes like do you see common mistakes athletes make with warming up maybe spending too much time on the warm-up
0: Nah, the, the, the biggest issue athletes have is not enough time most athletes just want to get into it they, like and and i'm no different you'll be no different tyler most of us just want to get in and lift weight we want to get on the field and run hard and pass the ball around and tackle each other and. And so, you know, whether you're a a 12-year-old or a a 40-year-old, most of us find the warm-up and the recovery after the session, the hardest things to do well, consistently, okay? It's easy to do well once or twice, but consistently doing it well is the tough one, Um, especially if we're a bit tired or the weather's crap, you know, if the weather's cold and wet, we, we don't want to warm up, we just want to get into it. And so that's probably the most common mistake is not enough time doing the right things Um, people might warm up for a long time but doing the wrong things so you know it's about it's about doing things right and for the required amount of time to make sure that you're getting the benefit of it
1: gilly do you notice for you if say if you're monitoring athletes that are about to do a speed session if they spend too much time stretching during the warm-up, does that negatively impact their performance? Or does that just, again, come back to the individual athlete and how maybe stiff and sore they are through the accumulated load from the week?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a bit of research done um, a little while ago uh, that, that showed that um, holding a static stretch for a long time decreased your ability to create power immediately. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so so people have grasped that and said, "Oh, you shouldn't static stretch." Um, I I disagree. I think that if you look at the literature, the 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 research that's been conducted in that that those areas, um, is is things that people don't actually do. Like like we we don't we don't sit on the on the field and stretch our quads for um, two minutes, you know. We and, and then we don't immediately go into something explosive and maximal effort. So so I think static stretching is one of those things where um, there's not a lot of science to support its benefit. There's not a lot of science to say that it's going to inhibit performance, but, but there's plenty of anecdotal data that suggests that some athletes feel better having spent a bit more time stretching a particular muscle that they feel tightens up on them. So I know that for myself, I have to really keep my hip flexors open or, or or long um because if i don't i get a sore lower back okay and so that's just something that i know myself i need a static stretch my hip flexes i need to get in that position and open my hips up to just look after my lower back and and i think every athlete out there will have a, a spot that annoys them in their body whether that's glutes or hip flexes or quads or calves or ankles plantar fascia lower back You know, upper back, shoulders, traps—it's all. Everyone's got some spots, and and I think that the static stretching is normally the the thing that helps us um, relieve that tension or stiffness that accumulates through our activities and how our own bodies move. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I don't think you can say that too much static stretching has got to impact how fast you run because really, any of that prep or warm up activity you do. Is then followed by some running drills, some low-level plyometrics, some accelerations, then some build-ups and speed before you're running fast. You know, and that might take 15, 20 minutes until you're running fast after you stretched out your glutes and hamstrings, you know. So um, I think if people look at it like that, they'll understand that there's not going to be any negative impact of static stretching.
1: So that's interesting because I know a lot of our members have asked us. You know how long should my warm up be? And based upon that answer, what I'm hearing for a speed session is your warm up could be like a half an hour could from be. the time. Yeah,
0: because a speed session, you know, like if you're doing pure speed, you're only you're only doing a, a handful of efforts because they're a maximal effort. And and you know every session's different and every athlete's different. Um, you know, but but if, if 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 I was getting you really, Tyler, to to run fast over 30 or 40 meters, um, 50 meters, um, we might do five or six efforts max, um, but it might take us 30 minutes to get to the, that block of efforts and we might be doing some progressive accelerations and windups before that. Um, so you know I' I'd probably, I'd probably chunk I'd probably chunk a speed session. I'd probably say 10 minutes of getting the body temperature up and, and active movements um, interspersed with some mobility or static work on specific areas. Then probably five or 10 minutes of running drills, you know, mechanics, low-level plyos, then probably 10 minutes of accelerations and building up our running speed, not quite opening up. And then you have your speed hit. You know, so so there's a lot of building and in intensity um, and building in velocity um, before you run fast. Um and and that, again, like I said to you, come back to the very start, that serves two purposes. You'll run way faster mm-hmm. because you actually got to a, a level of the physiology of your body and the, the um, you know, your, your muscle firing patterns, everything is going to be optimal. Um, and you're also going to have less risk of hurting yourself. So, you know, it's a, it's a double edged sword, do it right. You run fast and you'll stay whole.
1: There you go. You heard it right from Gilly. So with, with game warmups, then we want to circle back around to what you said. It needs to be task specific. So it's going to be max intensity. There's going to be heavy contact. What are some things that athletes, rugby players could add into their warm up to make sure that they're totally primed to play? Like, do they need to spend more time on uh, neck activations? Do they need to spend more time getting their shoulders prepped? What do you think?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, what, what I think is probably a little bit irrelevant because what I know is what I see, okay? I, I watch the All Blacks. Um, Get themselves ready. Uh, you know, I don't know, fifteen Saturdays a year. You know, I've got the the beautiful position of being on the sideline watching them getting ready for battle. And and I suppose, um, like I run part, I run the team warm up, and the team warm ups only six minutes, okay. Um, but but some of the players have been warming up for fifty minutes before that, okay. So so a game warm up is is really around you know, understanding what you need as an individual to get ready for what you do on the field. And and I'll give you an example. So a Bowden Barrett, okay, who is a, is a running athlete. Um, he's a kicker. Um, he runs fast um, and he makes a couple of tackles. Okay, so his warm-up or his preparation for a game is a lot of dynamic movement around kicking. Um, and then he'll get into some low intensity kicks and then he'll build the intensity of his kicks till he's kicking at 100% effort Um, and while he's doing that kicking he's sort of running to different spots to kick from to just to get the 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 body temperature up Um, and then he'll get the ball in hand and he'll do some build his running volume or running speed with the ball in hand and working on a skill so he's worked on his kicking now he's going to work on his passing while he's building his intensity of his running Um, then he'll probably Get a couple of the other um, backs and do some tackle work. Maybe progress from some pads to tackling each other, to aligning on defence and working on some comms and some alignment um, on D sort of um, activities. Um, and then it, then we move into the team warm-up, you know. And so so through there, there's been static stretching, mobility, activation, task progressions and intensity, um, getting the getting the hit in the game, like getting. I suppose it's that last time to practice key skills that you're focusing on for the game. It's that last chance to work with your the players that, that are in your unit that, that are really key for you, whether they're inside or outside you. Um, you know, the forwards will do some line outs and it's a practice of lifting. They'll practice cleaning racks, you know, and it's all about the skill, the same body positions, the same body heights and building the intensity. Okay, so um, you can't go from zero to hero. You sort of got to, Start low and build towards the, I suppose, the intensity required for the task, which I said at the very start. The task being a rugby game, which is a hundred percent effort. So you need to slowly build to that. And, and that's why like individual warm-ups are really important because um everyone needs different things. Um, everyone wants different things, and um, everyone's got different things to work on. So you know it's it's not a, a really simple answer um, because it's not a simple thing. Uh, I could easily and, and we will. you know for our members, um, Bucky'll we'll, we'll put some uh, game day warm-ups together and, and there'll be some there some variations and some options in there for people to look at. Um, and really it's just a structure that you follow and then and then tweak that to, to suit your needs.
1: Gilly, so okay, when you're on tour, you go on your northern tour and it's really cold right we want to factor temperature into the warm-up how, how what do athletes do when they're freezing their butt off like how do they stay warm how do they warm up in cold temperatures because I know like in the summer you can kind of walk into the gym do a real quick warm-up because you feel warm right um, how do you account for that
0: well I think yeah it's interesting because hey, the warm-up The warm-up is, um, we call it a warm-up because it's meant to be getting you warmer, but it's actually preparation, right? So if we forget about the word warm and we think about preparation, we're preparing the body for a task. So you might get into the gym and feel warm. It doesn't mean you don't need to warm up. You actually need to prepare for the task you're about to do. If it's 200 kilo squat, you still need to progress to that. Um, But in terms of cold, cold is the same as for me getting out of a car if I've driven an hour to a field to do a session then the warm-up sort of the importance of the warm-up or preparation is just as important as if it was cold um you know the key thing with with getting going is actually getting blood flowing increasing your temperature your body um helps with muscle contraction foreign frequency everything to do with performance having a warmer body is beneficial and so if it's cold, wear a few layers, you know, wear a few layers, don't be afraid to have a tracksuit on or a jacket or gloves because you want it to get warm and, and it just means that you can't stand around or sit around as much or for as long because you'll cool down quickly. So, it's really just about, about I suppose, making some adjustments, um, being more um, efficient in your movement so that there's not as much downtime between the activities, you know. so. Um, Back to boat and He might he might kick and jog, kick and jog, kick and jog, and never stop. You know, because you don't want to get cold. Um, But he'll definitely have a beanie on and a tracksuit on, and probably gloves and three pairs of socks. You know, so um, you sort of got to make sure that 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 part of the warm up, which is about increasing body temperature, you can still achieve. Um, But you know, again, it's no different to if you've been on a bus on the way to a game and the bus trip's been an hour, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, I've we have flying to a test match the day of the game, uh, flying for two hours and been on a bus for 45 minutes then played a test match. So, you know, the importance of actually trying to undo, undo the fact that you've been sitting on your butt for two or three hours um, and look after your back and your hips, you sort of need to make sure that you give that some time um, before you get into it.
1: So you've done an excellent job really covering preparation. I like that, using preparation instead of the warm-up. And one thing I don't think we have touched on a lot is activation exercises. So first of all, what are activation exercises and why should you do them?
0: Um, It's (laughs) Yeah, activation exercises typically uh, are... I suppose little little primers to to get muscles active or turn them on or get them firing or um, you know like like give you an example you know fast athletes will tend to use their hamstrings and glutes a lot when running fast um, and when you're warming up you might not be running fast yet but you wanted to you definitely wanted to turn the hamstrings and glutes on. And so you might do some bridges, some some form of glute or hamstring bridge or variations of um, to switch those muscles on before you start needing them to run fast. So so really, again, it's just preparing those muscles mm-hmm. for the activity that's coming. And so that to me is what activation is. You're no different to if I was getting ready to bench press. Um, I would probably do some um, upper back activities to stabilize or switch on the shoulder rotator cuff muscles, right? Switch on the shoulder, turn on the back so that make sure as I'm getting towards a heavier bench, you know, that whole shoulder girdle is is already ready to go. Because um, sometimes those smaller muscles take a bit more time. And so by activating them early um, or in isolation, then it will help with the performance of the task that we're getting ready for.
1: Gilly, do you have anything else to add about warming up or do you feel like we did a pretty good job for our listeners?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean <laughs> I'm a biased, eh, mate. I I I think I nailed it. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um No, look, I think um the key thing is that we need to we need to treat that that preparation time before any activity as a as a performance a performance tool. You know, it's actually going to help us be better. And and um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think, you know, back in the day when I was at school, the warm-up was about not getting hurt. Um, nowadays I think it's about um, less about not getting hurt and more about performing well in that session you're about to do. Um, and and by performing well, we're going to get the most out of it, but we're also going to stay healthy session upon session, week upon week. And, and when we do that, we become even better athletes because we're never on the sideline. So I think that that's probably all I could say to add is um, treat it as a performance task. It's not something that you should skip or um or give a token gesture to you need to you need to nail it just like your core core work block
1: well there you go you guys that was some uh some seriously good stuff from gillian yeah you did nail it (laughs) so thank thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of the rugby ready podcast we hope you enjoyed the episode and we definitely appreciate your support for more things rugby ready follow us on instagram at rugby ready and subscribe to the podcast and gilly just before i let you go i know you're uh, starting to be active on social media so where can people find you
0: oh yeah i am being a bit active hey um nick gill health uh, underscore and underscore performance um yeah so uh give me a follow folks i'll appreciate it
1: awesome we'll catch you soon
0: thanks guys thank you